It's almost hard to ask this question after we just heard that piece. But the question is this, and it's sincere. Is God real? And can God be trusted? That's the question for today. Is God real and can God be trusted? These questions emerge from deep within our hearts, even as we gather in this beautiful and sacred sanctuary and link our lives to all those who've gone before us and strive to live by faith and serve God in this city, these questions are sincere. Is God real? And can God be trusted? And these questions come lately for me as we've been dealing with this lingering pandemic and the new fears and the new uncertainty that comes with more variants. These questions emerge for me after we have more school shootings. These questions emerge for me as we know about loved ones and church members who continue to face very uncertain circumstances or perhaps new diagnoses or despair because of what's going on in their lives and in the world. These questions worry us as we think about climate change and a world where democracy and equal rights and equal justice for all, all seem to be in peril. Is God real and can God be trusted? Those questions emerge even as we light another candle on the Advent wreath, and even as we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and as we gather again at this Lord's table. And those questions, truly, have always been part of the journey of people of faith. Doubt and questions. Confidence and uncertainty. They always go together. The most devoted and righteous people worry about these things. At the beginning of Luke's gospel, we meet Elizabeth and Sarah. Uh, Elizabeth and, sorry, Zechariah. Zechariah is a priest and Elizabeth is Zechariah's wife. This is what it says about Elizabeth and Zechariah. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and both were getting on in their years. Wow. Both of them living righteously and blamelessly before the Lord according to all the regulations. Here's what I would venture they had their doubts, and they had their questions. It's only human. And look, they lived in a culture where the birth of children was a sure sign of God's blessing and status. And for almost all of their years, they could not have children, which certainly would have created questions and doubts and maybe even despair. Is God real? Can God be trusted? Those are normal questions when heartache and uncertainty and disappointment and confusion and sadness and despair become part of your life. 
events unfold kind of rapidly in the verses of chapter 1 in Luke. Once when Zechariah was serving in the temple as a priest, he had a visitation from an angel. And the angel said what angels always say, do not be afraid. And then the angel told Zechariah his prayers had been answered and his wife, Elizabeth, would bear a son. Zechariah couldn't believe this. Yet, the angel said his name will be John and that many would rejoice in John's birth. This is the same angel, by the way, that we meet again in the Christmas story. The same angel who said to Mary, Greetings, favored one. Do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. Mary would bear a son too, and his name would be Jesus. Is God real? Can God be trusted? See, these questions keep jumping up. Our text today comes a little later in chapter 1. Elizabeth gives birth to a son. He is named John, as the angel declared. And everyone asks, what's going to happen with this child, namely John? And we have Zechariah's answer, verses 68 through 79. And if you have a Bible, I invite you to open it. It's around page 832, 831-832. Listen. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we, being rescued from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins, By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's sermon title, which didn't actually make the bulletin, is Praise, Prophecy, and Promise. Praise, prophecy, and promise. And really, that title and this text is another attempt to answer those burning and pervasive questions. Is God real? And can God be trusted? Zechariah hasn't had it easy. Yet in these moments, soon after his own son John is born, he launches into a hymn of praise. God is not only real, the priest affirms, God has appeared in their lives with power and with purpose. God has come to bless the people and redeem them. And this is not just a personal visitation for the priest and his wife Elizabeth. This God who comes, the God who blesses, is at work to redeem all the people. 
He has raised up a mighty Savior for us that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. That's what he says. And Zechariah goes on further and even broader. God has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors. God has remembered the holy covenant, the oath he swore to Abraham that we might be saved and that we might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. So what is this? This is another of the many affirmations when we doubt God's presence and reality. Another of the powerful words of promise when we get discouraged and wonder, where is God? And what's going on with life? Is God here? Does God care? When we feel certain that God has forgotten us, here is another affirmation. We are to remember these words. Blessed be the Lord our God. Zechariah says, God looks favorably upon God's people. Zechariah reminds us, God redeems them. God rescues all of us from the hands of our enemies. God's steadfast love is forever. The promise, the gospel. This message gets repeated and reiterated over and over throughout the Holy Book Scripture. This message speaks to us and our sincere and often desperate questions about God. Is God real? Can God be trusted? God looks favorably upon us. God redeems us. God remembers the holy covenant that he made with Abraham. God's ways prevail. God's rule is forever. This is especially important for us to hear in these days. And wherever and whenever life gets discouraging, even overly burdensome. Our own Hannah Garrity, who usually sits right here in the first row with her family, one of the founders of Sanctified Art, also the one who designed these awesome Advent banners here, Hannah did a painting this season. It's part of the Sanctified Art material for, for this season, and she took it from this particular passage. It's a drawing of Zechariah holding his infant son, John. And Hannah shares in her reflections on her painting that Zechariah had to get out of the way so that God's promises and God's presence and God's purposes could take central place. Isn't that often the case for us, all of us? We don't trust God's presence and promises and plans. We can't see God's steadfast faithfulness because we're so blinded with all the things that are going on with our own minds and hearts and life. We get so caught up in our own plans that we think are better. Our own frustrations, our losses, they, they overwhelm us. We too often become blind to the promise here. Deaf to the promise that Zechariah is reminding us, we have to step back. We have to let God become and remain central. And then we realize the truth. God is real. 
And God is at work. And God never lets us go. And God is always bigger than our biggest worry. And God is always stronger than our most threatening problems. It's true. We belong to God. And nothing can separate us from God's love. And the whole world belongs to God. And then this passage moves from praise to prophecy and more promise. Zechariah, whispering into his baby John's ear, says, And you, child, you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. Friend and Bible scholar from Union Seminary, John Carroll, says this about these particular verses. The salvation that God is bringing to the people through John and his eventual ministry is both salvation from and salvation for. God rescues us from enemies who hate us and with the resulting freedom from the fears from all of our enemies, we are liberated to serve God. God faithfully. Salvation from, salvation for. This is always what God's salvation intends to look like for all of us. From all that burdens us, we're saved. From all that holds us captive, salvation. From all that constrains and discourages us, salvation. But salvation is also always for one thing. We are saved to serve God, to bear God's light, to promote God's justice, to spread God's hope in the world, especially to the most vulnerable and the most victimized. John, who is not the Lord, will go before the Lord, preparing the way of the Lord. He will baptize for the forgiveness of sins and then point all the people in the ways of loving and serving, following Jesus toward justice and toward peace. That's his mission. And then, verses 78 and 79, check them out right there. Maybe some of the most beautiful in all of Scripture. As John the prophet, the preparer of God's ways, the baptizer, as he lives into his calling, it says this. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break in upon us to give us light, especially to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our ways in the way of peace. Guide our feet in the way of peace. By the tender mercy of God, breaking in, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. Is God real? Can God be trusted? Here is a prophecy and a promise that's not only beautiful. This message, this promise, is absolutely inspiring and hopeful to all of us today. Zechariah affirms that John and Jesus will bring about all that we long for, all that we most need, all that we're desperate for. 
And we need to hear this. I need to hear it. God doesn't forget us. God looks favorably upon us. No matter our lostness, our desperation, our deep concern, God redeems us. We'll be saved from our enemies and from the hand of those who hate us. And by the tender mercy of God, the dawn from on high will break in. And we will have light, especially in the darkness, light especially in the shadow of death, and our feet will be guided in the way of peace. So it's praise, and it's promise, and it's prophecy, and it's for our lives. If you're looking for the gospel today, there it is. We live in a mixed-up world. It's often antagonistic and, and discouraging. We carry lots of hurts. We carry lots of hopes, all of us. But we're part of another vision, another plan, another story, another truth. God is real, and God can be trusted. And that's Zechariah's message in this text today, and that's what we hold to. This is what shapes us. This is what forms us. We belong to God. Our lives are always about, like John, pointing to, working for, serving the promises and plans, the justice and the joy of God that we see in Jesus. Friends, on this second Sunday of Advent, may it be so for all of us, today, tomorrow, and forever. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, to turn from you is to fall. To turn to you is to rise. To commit our lives to the ways of light and love and peace and joy and justice. Well, that is to follow Jesus and abide forever. We seek that way. Amen.